Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Africa on the Moon. 
Thanks for having me, Brother Africa. Revolutionary greetings to the federal, federal uh, fellow panelists and the listening audience. My name is Anthony Williams. I'm an organizer for the All African People's Revolutionary Party, GC. Our objective is Pan-Africanism, the total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism. Father and Brother Anthony, we'd like to bring out Brother Haki. Brother Haki, we'd like to welcome you to this special program on Africa on the Move. Welcome. Uh, Brother Africa, thanks for having me on this special edition of uh, Africa on the Move. Of course, you know, my whole thing is that, you know, I'm all about institution building. So we never get an opportunity to espouse the greatness of Africa, to talk about uh, Africa's unique contributions to the world. I'm always ecstatic about having such an opportunity. And, of course, having, with, with such an opportunity comes great responsibility. So one of the things we want to do is to show Africa in its favorable light and all the people under, firm, firmly understand the significance in terms of Africans' contributions, not only to the, to, to the United States, but throughout the world. So, again, I'm very grateful for having this opportunity, and uh, thank you very much for having me. And next we'll bring in our beloved sister, our sister who lives from the motherland, Sister Becky. Sister Becky, welcome to Africa on the Move. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Africa. My name is Becky, and I'm originally from Cameroon, but I've been in this country for a while. So thank you for inviting me to this program. I'm new at it. So um, That's right, very sister. Honored. We all family. We all family, <laughs> so you're going to feel like at home. We got your back. Okay. All right. Okay, and thank last you. Night, and last not least, we have our brother Jabari. Brother Jabari, welcome to Africa on the Move. Peace, everybody. Brother Jabari, president researcher, looking forward to taking part in this special edition. Well, um, guests, we'd like to thank all of y'all for coming to this special edition of Africa on the Move. And what we're doing really tonight is we want to do a little special promo of upcoming events and activities as a center around Mother Africa, the African people. Because we believe, particularly during this time of the year when you're talking about African History Month or Black History Month, people are doing things. A lot of times, people don't know what's going on in terms of events that are really, really important to the well-being of our people. And we chose y'all three tonight to talk about what's coming up as relates to the work that you do in our community and how African people can participate. But before we talk about your events, let's just have some little general discussion on this whole question of Mother Africa and this question of culture and unity. Brother Haki, when we talk about African culture, what kind of positive values can we get from African culture? Because when you look at the world today, when you look at the history books, they try to say Africa has no culture and has no value. How do you dispute that from an objective historical perspective? Yeah, well, of course, when we talk about the origin of human beings, you know, we have to talk about Africa. In that context, when we talk about Africa's contributions, you know, to the world, then we understand that things like, you know, holistic, you know, <clears throat> a holistic uh, uh, perception in terms of how relationships should, should flow. When we talk about the, the importance in terms of science and understanding the role of African universities historically in terms of elevating this thing we call science, when we talk about things like mathematics and when we talk about the African contribution in terms of mathematics, and specifically when you talk about genes of Africans, you talk about people like Adogon who are very good mathematically. And so Africa has a tremendous amount of contributions uh, uh, to the world. 
and as such, we still, we want to uplift those contributions and from uh, to get people to understand that when we talk about the origin of human being, when we talk about civilization per se, then essentially what we're talking about, we're talking about Africa. Now we understand that given the the historical manipulation by Western powers. Uh, Africa has been adequately written out of history, and so our obligation, our responsibility, to make sure that uh, we, we 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 reintroduce the history of Africa, you know, to our people and to, into the world. And so, in doing that, we elevate Africa's proper place in terms of being the mother the mother of civilization. So, that is a great contribution that African people contribute to the world. And to you, Brother Anthony, when you talk about Mother Africa and this question of culture and unity. What do you share? How do you how do you um, deal with this essence? The essence of this, 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 this continued battle that Africa has no culture, has no value. How do you deal with that particular phenomenon that they try to impose and mis mis miseducate our people on the reality of Africa and its history? Uh, well, let's see. During uh, during the fi- uh, uh, five hundred uh, nearly ha- uh, five centuries. Uh, that Africans have been uprooted from Africa as a result of the Maafa, as well as um, other inva- uh, uh, invasions and incursions. Uh, Africa's history uh, in human society has been distorted, and uh, we're and uh, and our humanity has been denied. And uh, we're, we're we're fighting to assert our humanity and gain our liberation, and uh, that can only be done through a true presentation of our history and through permanent political organization. And Africa is important to us because it it is our only just homeland and the root of our uh, of our uh, cultural development. And uh, and and the source of our uh, of our history and resources and our contributions to world humanity. And to our sister Becky from Cameroon, sister Becky, when we talk about Af- African culture, what are some of the beautiful things that come to your mind? Talk about some of the beautiful things of African culture from your perspective. Wow, um, the African culture is actually multi-dimensional. Um, when we say African culture, we um, we forget that Africa is actually a continent made of 54 countries. And uh, although there may be generalities in some part, in some traditions, every country is uh, an entity of on its own, may have slightly different cultures. So the African culture is beautiful. It is beautiful, and like I hear the brother said there, um, that's where the human civilization came from. And it is quite interesting how, even in some conversations, how the our cultures that were taken away from us are emulated and presented as if it came from somewhere else and is being imposed on us. But the culture of Africa is diverse, as diverse as uh, the many countries, but um, in general, African people are very uh, hospitable people, loving people, welcoming people, 
And I think that Africa, because of its culture, saw itself being colonized and uh, exploited the way it has been. Because had Africa not been the, the cradle of the human civilization and the place where we welcome everybody with open arms, if we were people of war, of fight, or of that, um, we probably would still have all our cultures intact. So when you ask me about the culture, what can I talk about? The culture, it goes from the, the tradition, the way we lead our lives, to the, 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 the food, through the, the dances, through the, just the way we raise the community. So that then is it's like an umbrella of all sorts of, when I see certain things, even in some uh, other cultures, when they say, well, this is a European culture, what they forget is that the Europeans took that from Africa, and they went and emulated it. Then all of a sudden, they bring it back wrapped differently and want to teach us what we already knew all along. So, so you made a profound point, and we concur with you 100%. Speaking of the point that you have made, I'd like to just raise this question with Brother Jabari and the rest of the panelists. You know, we are living at a time now, there seems to be another um, ongoing or continuation attack on Africa and African culture in terms of trying mm -hmm. to get our people to hate themselves for being African. For example, there are all kinds of reports going on where African students or youth they're asking them to cut their dreadlocks or they're cutting their dreadlocks off. They're having so-called <laughs> um, so um, entertainers, African entertainers. What's the, what's the sister that was married to uh, Dwayne Wade, Gabrielle Union, which uh, yes. reported that they kick her off a particular program because she was looking too African based on her, her hairstyle. So in terms mm -hmm. of looking at this attack that's going on against Africa, African people, how would y'all suggest how can we best combat that in terms of in terms of making our people and our youth today to not only want to be African but make them be proud of being African? Brother Jabari first, and then I'd like to hear the views from my other invited guests. Brother Jabari. In response to your question, I understand that there's a white supremacist psychology that is rampant out of a media that we do not control. While we see... Um, black faces so often a lot of times on TV and various forms of entertainment visibility does not equate to power. Visibility simply means that you're in that space and you can make some level of gain but it doesn't mean that you're making decisions to uplift and embrace that which looks like you. So we gotta understand this is a matter of self determination where we're not going to look to that which is antithetical to us to be the solution and somehow elevate us because the name of their game is to exploit and profit off of us, not to put us in a positive light to help us progress. Because if we truly realize our potential and what we could do, we could easily um, put them in a position where they're in trouble because they need us more than we need them. But the, but the unfortunate thing is we take the mentality of we need them. Brother Haki? Yeah, well, one of the things we have to understand from a political perspective, uh, one of the things they fear the most, I'm, I'm talking about the Western culture, 
one of the things they fear the most is that once African people have a realization of who they are, then they're only a stone throw away from unity, and that frightens them to a great extent. In the context of America, one of the things is that we look at the historical experience of African people in society, that often we've been bred to think in terms of ourselves in a, in a very negative light and to think of those who are white in a very positive light. And so, therefore, that need to perpetuate this notion that, in fact, that there's something fundamentally wrong with being African, anything that looks like an African, uh, is something that they un- understand that to impose that on us is to sort of uh, uh, undermine our will or undermine our self-esteem. And so, therefore, they have a vested motivation in terms of doing what they do. Now, by by extension, when, when we talk about in terms of this attempt to demean Africans in America, then by extension, what we're saying is that they understand, the Western powers understand, that if you identify with Africa, if you understand who you are, and if you're part of the traditions and the norms and um, culture of Africa, then there's only a, a strong way away from real unity in terms of Africans throughout the diaspora. And that is the biggest fear of, of the Western colonial powers, that some, at some point African people will begin to realize that we're one people, irrespective of your tribe, irrespective of the language that you speak, that you have a fundamental understanding that you are an African person. And once you have that realistic understanding in terms of who you are as an African person, then unity is not only possible, but it makes it possible for us to actually do great things, you know, things that we have done historically in which uh, the Western media tends to play down. So I think that they have a vested interest in terms of promoting this notion that there's something intrinsically wrong with being African because it serves their interests. And we have to keep in mind that as, as the society deteriorates, uh, they understand clearly well their, their, any longevity as far as the West is concerned uh, it has to uh, take into account, you know, the condition of Africa. To the extent their longevity is prolonged means that they're going to do a, a masterful job in terms of undermining the development of Africa. Conversely, by us understanding who we are and moving toward, you know, understanding, you know, who we are as African people, then we undermine their ability to actually carry out their strategy in terms of, you know, this destruction and destabilization of Africa. And so, therefore, from a political perspective, they understand, you know, that their, that their control of the world hinges on, you know, our lack of unity as African people throughout the world. As that unit of African people grows, the ability for them to engage in all that kind of chicanery, all the kind of deceptions, all those things that tend to hurt African people will be greatly minimized. They understand that, and so therefore they're desperate. So all of this is just a desperate attempt in terms of maintaining this, this colonial mindset that exists in some of our people. So we categorically re- reject this colonial mindset. We've confer- we affirm that we're African people. We've always been African people. And now that we understand that we're African people, we're going to do all in our power to make sure that we build a continent, you know, which is re- representative of the fact that, that we, are, we are, in fact, African people. Mm-hmm. Brother Anthony, yeah, we'll go with Brother Anthony, then we'll come to you, Sister Becky. Brother Anthony? Yes. Okay, yes. I think, uh, you, you know, I think that, that in order to maintain uh, domination of uh, African uh, African people and, uh, and, uh, and Africa's land, uh, they've, uh, they've tried to uh, suppress our history and um, and make and make us hate ourselves through their negative portrayal of Africans through their media, and uh, you know, and we've been fighting against that ever since we've we've been forcibly uh, taken brought to the Western Hemisphere. 
and uh, and today it is more important than ever that we become that we become aware aware of our true history and unify based upon our common uh, 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 cultural values, uh, uh, the similarity in our languages and our outlook on life. And our contribution, uh, you know, to uh, uh, to the religious values that govern uh, much of the world. Okay, um, I think we lost Sister Becky. We were trying to get her back on, but in terms of doing that, let's just do this right now. Um, when we talk about African culture, we're also talking about the question of um, all the things that people produce, material and immaterial. When we talk about this question of culture, what are some of the values or some of the things we can look at from an African perspective when you talk about building institutions, philosophies, and ideas? Um, Brother Jabari, Haki, Anthony? Okay, all right. All right, I'll start. Uh, we uh let's see uh some of the some of the earliest schools uh universities uh and religious institutions in the world were developed in africa uh we were the first human beings to learn how to use fire and uh and that ability to, to uh, you know to do that is what made uh you know domestication of animals uh the uh the, the development of industry and uh you know uh you know even cities possible and uh we were the, and uh you know you know that that many firsts that, are, that 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 have been suppressed from my people through a distortion of our history and even in spite of our centuries of oppression we have continued to make contributions to to humanity Unfortunately, most of our contributions uh, more recently have benefited other nations other than Africans. Yeah, well, you know, culture. Well, Hackey? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. When 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 you talk about when when you when you talk about culture, that's an outward expression of who you are. But it does have internal. It doesn't have internal dynamics. And the thing that we have to understand that if you understand on the outside who you are, then you're just a stone throw away in terms of understanding who you are inside. And that is important because philosophically, when you start talking about how societies are organized, uh, how people should relate to one another, or even the institutions that you erect in a society. To a large extent, it's going to flow from how you think, and so therefore, the culture aspects give us a, give us a glimpse in terms of how do we actually think, and so therefore, when we think uh, in terms of that are that are African centered, then those things like in terms of sharing one another, taking care of one another, those kind of things would say is that um, the, the respect for all things, uh, whether it be animal life or whatever, uh, is pretty dominant in terms of the the cultural understanding in terms of the world. And so, therefore, one of the things that we're in, in thinking like that is it, 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 uh, it, it presupposes it's a general threat 
to to the to the thinking of, of, of Westerners who position is that, you know, individuals own everything and that in fact that nothing matters but the individual and things like in terms of taking care of people, one looking out for one another, those institutions which reinforce love, those kind of things are seen as esoteric in a Western context. So the culture is very, very important in terms of not only outwardly establishing who you are, but internally, you know, creating a, a dynamic in which, you know, uh, it, it plays a big part in terms of the kind of things, the kind of institutions that you innovate. So culture is extremely important in terms of, you know, uh, in terms of in terms of from an African perspective, particularly when we talk about the kind of oppression that we face. Uh, there's all the more reason why we have to have culture in terms of confronting this, this mass insanity and overcoming it. Okay, to our list audience, this is a special program on Remembering Mother, Mother Africa with culture and unity. What we're going to do right now, we're going to pause for the calls, and then when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about special events that are coming up. We'll be right back. You're listening to Africa on the Move. Thank you. 
like to welcome you back to the special program of Africa on the Move as we're talking about remembering Mother Africa with cultural and unity. What we want to do right now, there are some upcoming events we'd like to share with you, and we'd like to get you to involved and support the events because it's all about moving Africa and African people forward. First and foremost, we'd like to bring Anthony back, and we'd like to have Brother Anthony to talk about this year upcoming African Liberation Day and Nakbark Day, Palestine Day, 2020, by the All African People Revolutionary Party, T.C. It's an institution that's been in existence for many, many years. The history started as far back as from 1958 out of Ghana. So, Brother Anthony, we'd like to welcome you, and we'd like to, for you just give us some kind of update, what we're looking at in terms of perspective of this year's event. What's going on with African Liberation Day? Uh, 2020. Certainly. The All-African People's Revolutionary Party, GC, and the National Council of Arab Americans are organizing African Liberation Day and not by Palestine Day 2020. Our theme, not yet Uhuru, not yet freedom, not yet liberation. In combat with women's oppression, Neocolonialism, Zionism, and settler colonialism worldwide. Uh, uh, the 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 date is Saturday, May twenty third, twenty twenty. The program starts at twelve noon, ends at six p.m. It'll take place in, at Lafayette Park in Washington D.C., which is in front of the White House. Uh, where uh, uh, let's see, we're also planning on having a podcast, and the speakers and, and cultural workers will be announced. We're encouraging people to organize carpools, vans, or, and buses to African Liberation Day, and we're also asking for donations in order to help defray the costs of this activity. And for more okay. information. You can call us at 202-246-4896 or email us, info at a-aprp-gc.org. Again, Brother Anthony, what is the theme this year, and why are you focusing this year um, on this particular theme? How does that play into the realities of African people globally? Okay, in spite of, um, we chose this theme uh, primarily because uh, in spite of uh, uh, centuries of resistance to our oppression, Africa is not yet free. Even though we did, uh, uh, let's see, uh, numerous countries in Africa did uh, obtain nominal independence, during the 50s and 60s and 70s, uh, let's see, uh, we're not free. I mean, we're, uh, uh, we're not control of the resources of our homeland, and our people are oppressed worldwide. We still suffer from the effects of racism uh, and all other manifestations of capitalism, such as neocolonialism, Zionism, and uh, imperialism And so we have to organize In order to be able To defeat those forces 
that impede our liberation. Also, politics festivity will also entail the struggle of the Palestinian people. Why are they included as part of this particular event? Okay, uh, the Palestinians are are, um, are, are included uh, above all because they suffer a similar uh, oppression that African people suffer from. And also, uh, their land was uh, was taken by the Zionists in May of 1948. That's when the so-called partition of Palestine, uh, you know, had occurred, and the and the Zionist incursion, uh, you know, uh, picked up speed. So, out of solidarity. Uh, uh, you know, with their struggle, we're also commemorating their efforts to uh, to liberate themselves from settler colonialism and Zionism. You know, brother, I thought your theme was very timely in terms of talking about this concept. We are not yet free nor liberated because I think if you look at how um, the perception since the so-called liberation movements in the 60s, 70s, and 80s occurred, many people truly believe that African people, Africa, Africa was free based upon those political struggle. But we can see today that reality is not true. Would you agree with that, Brother Anthony? That is correct. And, uh, and, that's, and I think people are confused by, uh, by the increase uh, visibility of African political officials. Uh, it is true that there that 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 that, that there is a greater visibility, but uh, but as Kwame Ture pointed out, black black visibility does not mean black power, and history has correctly shown that. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of people in the diaspora that are confused because of that. And uh, we seek to bring clarity to this issue by pointing out that, uh, that, 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 that the essence of power is not just visibility in and of itself. Okay. We thank you, Brother After Right now, we're going to make our transition to our sister Becky from Cameroon. She has an important event coming up in Richmond, Virginia, which, which will take place on February, the weekend of February 29th and March 1st. And we're going to bring her in now. And we'd like for her to talk about her relationship to this event and why this event is important to Africa and African people. Sister Becky, can you tell us something yes. about your relationship to this event and talk about this event? Why this is important to Africa and African people? It is important because we like to, we would like to build the bridge between um, the African. First of all, I would like to apologize because we got dis- disconnected earlier, so I apologize for that. I just rejoined the group. Uh, we would like um, to to build the bridge and with our African American brothers, and we decided that it was a good idea to do to bring our own contribution to the celebration of uh, Black History Month. That's why we chose. That's why we chose the date that we chose, uh, which is February 29. And what we are having, we have a group of African designers, and 
uh, who are getting together and putting on a program um, in on the north side in Mechanicsville, a program that will house all everybody who wants to be part of it, um, whether you are a vendor, a designer, or a storyteller, or dancer. We are celebrating with our brothers and sisters here who left Africa uh, centuries ago. So that is the reason for that particular celebration. But other than that, we have other celebrations coming. Uh, African Day is May 25th. It's a day that is known internationally. For African Day on May 25th, we are also planning an event, and we are planning that event with ACN, the African Community Network. So again, it, we, we are designing it to be a, a, a dinner and a reflection of, okay, we are here in the diaspora, where do we go from here? How do we build our communities? How do we, again, establish connections, understanding, um, communication, conversation with our African-American uh, brothers and sisters? And after that, then in August, you have the Afrofest. So we have so many events that we organize in the community. And our effort is to implant ourselves and be part of the community rather than leaving as a community of ourselves into a community. We want to become part of the community and together build a future. Okay, Sister Becky, again, for more information concerning these events, uh, how can they contact y'all in terms of finding uh, out more about events, in terms of support, et cetera? Yes. Um, I, I, I am on the committee. Then I have some um, uh, sister ladies who are also on the committee. But if you, com if you contact me personally, I can let the other ladies know. We do have flyers that we are distributing. But right now, I mean, I can uh, give you my numbers. If you are interested in stopping by and seeing what is going on, then other than that, we will send you the flyers for these events coming up. So give out your a contact number where they can reach you. Yes, they can reach me at the area code 804-933-6669. Okay, brother and sister, you heard it. You got an excellent... Um, African Vending Fashion Show coming up in Richmond, Virginia on the 29th of February and 1st of March. If you're interested yes. in vending, if you're interested in supporting, if you're interested in eating some good African food, but more importantly, if you're interested in uniting with your brothers and sisters from the continent, they got countries all over the continent that are going to be part of this festivity. We highly encourage you to call that number and come and join them. So at this point in time, what we're going to do also, we're going to go with Brother Haki. Brother Haki, when we talk about Africa, uh, one of the things we recognize that uh, Cuba has played a major role in helping and assisting our brothers and sisters in their liberation movements and struggles and the continued day. We understand that the African Women's Association got a black history educational tour coming up in support of the people in Cuba on July the 24th to July 31st. Talk about a little bit more about the trip. They're going to visit three areas or three, three cities. They're going to visit Guantanamo. They're going to visit Santiago and Havana. Talk about the nature of why this trip is important. And why do y'all take these trips on an annual basis to Cuba for Africans who have never been? 
Yeah, well, this, this, this trip is important for the reason that you espouse, Brother Africa, and that is that when we talk about the, a, you know, a contribution to Africa, nobody's been quite as uh, supportive of Africa as Cuba. And I got to tell you, I really appreciate a great deal of Cuba's acknowledgement in terms of the African roots. Uh, when Fidel Castro was alive and he talked about the fact that, uh, you know, we we're proud about African roots, he spoke volumes. And so today, you know, lots and lots, increasingly number of Cuban people are very, very proud in terms of the African roots and willing to get involved with the continent in terms of doing all they can to, to empower the African continent. And along with that, of course, we understand that the kind of military missions that are taking place with respect to the Cuban government actually going to Cuba and setting up shop into some of the poorest areas on the continent to make sure young brothers and sisters have access, brothers and sisters, period, have access to medical care. And we talk about in terms of training teachers, Cuba has an excellent component in terms of, you know, in Africa, in terms of training teachers, you know, uh, to teach. And this is significant because Cuba has one of the highest literacy rates in the world. So we talk about uh, reading and writing, Cuba has one of the highest. We talk about math and science or even medicine, Cuba has one of the highest standards in the world. And so his contributions to Africa, you know, are well, um, are, are well uh, received, you know, by the brothers and sisters on the continent. And, of course, the, the Cuban people understand that it's in their interest in terms of, uh, you know, support of Africa because Africa, uh, they are Africa, and that is very, very important. So Cuba sort of gives um, – some clarity in terms of notion in terms of when we talk about diaspora, when we talk about in concrete terms, and we're very, very clear that, you know, to simply talk about being part of the diaspora is not enough, but actually to get involved in terms of interactions, you know, with the continent, it speaks values in terms of real commitment in terms of the African continent and African people. So, you know, hands off to Cuba. Hands off to Cuba. So this is so this is why so this is why we have to honor Cuba. And one of the things that we, we got to do when we talk about the contributions of, of, of Cuba to Africa, also the contributions of Cuba to Africans right here in America. So Cuba has a long history in terms of empowering African people. So therefore, we want people to go to Cuba to see for, their hands, for themselves firsthand, you know, why Cuba is such a viable state. And in fact, one of the reasons why the U.S. hate Cuba so much is the fact that it's what Cuba stands for. Cuba has taken a stand that their thing is all about the, up, the, the upliftment of humanity. And in that context, it comes an existential threat to the powers that be here in America. And so, therefore, we want people to go to Cuba to see for themselves firsthand the great things that they're doing for their people, the great things they're doing for humanity, and then to ask themselves, why aren't we emulating the same things right here in the context of here in North America? So we ask people to go to Cuba to see for themselves firsthand and, and to understand, you know, Cuba's proper contribution and to pay respect to Cuba for all it has done in terms of the African diaspora. And we ask people for more information to please call us at area code 804-549-7492 or area code 202-714-9435 or email us at African Awareness Association, P.O. Box 4433, Richmond, VA, 23220. And just make one addition, Brother Hackey, in terms of the email address, African, it's African Awareness Association number two. At gmail.com. We thank you. All right, panelists, what we're going to do right now, we're going to do our final closing remarks. I want y'all right now to give us one more appeal to the audience what's going on and why they should support y'all. Sister, my sister, we'll let you go first. Sister Becky. Hello? Yes, Sister Becky. Give us the final appeal. Yeah. Why they talk about the event again and why they should support y'all. Well, 
Yeah, this event, this event is very important to the community and uh, the African community. We have now in the community children, African refugee children from all of, um, all over the place, and they struggle in school for learning English as a second language. And that's one of the programs that we are trying to help by having this event, raising funds to um, support these children in their learning. And most, some of them, they are uh, refugee children, some are orphans, but others have their parents who don't speak English. And these children have been uh, registered in school and learning English as a second language in an environment where nobody understands their native language. And that can be very challenging. So we have built some uh, relationship with the Henrico Schools, the Richmond School District, to help those children. And that's the reason why we need your support. Thank you. And your contact numbers again. How do you get in touch with you again, yes. Sister Becky? Yeah, that would be 804-933-6669. All right, Sister Becky, thank you for your contribution to today's program. As it relates to we want to remind people about Mother Africa by using our culture and fighting for our unity. We'll go to Brother Anthony. Brother Anthony, you're closing my game. Why should he support African Liberation Day, Palestine Day 2020, under the band and the leadership of the All-African People's Revolutionary Party, GC? Brother Anthony. Yes. Uh, 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 People should support it because we need to rededicate ourselves to uh, to the struggle to achieve African liberation. And uh, there, there, there are many, uh, there, are many obstacles in the way. The, the chief being a lack of organization and lack of political education. So we come to uh, to address that issue, and we encourage all Africa, uh, everybody, uh, you know, to support our our, our program. Uh, for more information, you can visit our website at www.a-aprp-gc.org or call us at 202-246-4896. And, Brother Anthony, I understand um, that this year's location will be in Lafayette Park right in front of the White House. Is that true? That is correct. And uh, we're and we're and we're doing this to, uh, to uh, you know to sh- uh, you know to show that even in 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 the, in, in the face of capitalism, uh, we will persevere in our struggle to obtain genuine liberation. And your theme, one more time, is what for this year? Our theme for this year is not yet Uhuru. In combat with women's oppression, neocolonialism, Zionism, and settler colonialism worldwide. All right, Brother Anthony, we'd like to thank you for sharing with our listening audience in the world. Update information on upcoming activities that your organization will be involving yourself in, as well as Sister Becky. And then we go to Brother Haki. Brother Haki, find a picture of our listening audience. Why should they come on this tour? to Cuba under the African Women's Association battle? Well, it's, it's important that, first and foremost, that we understand the nature of the struggle. Uh, it's important that people understand that this struggle is international. And oftentimes we engage in, you know, this kind of myopic discussion in terms of, or certainly a myopic understanding in terms of struggle, 
we have to get understand the struggle is much broader. In that context, we understand that we have a lot of African people throughout the diaspora who are suffering simply because of the color of their skin. So if we're going to reverse that situation, then we have to have a, a, a universal, a global understanding in terms of how the world works. Politics are indispensable. There is no substitute for politics, uh, irrespective of one's religion, irrespective of one's culture, anything else. One has to have a fundamental understanding in terms of how the world is organized. If we are to change that, then we have to have a fundamental understanding of how the world is organized. Cuba is doing a tremendous job in terms of giving people or showing people that, we'll all, that society can be organized differently. And in organizing that society, uh, one thing that's very interesting about it is that the kind of, uh, the, the kind of values that they bring to the, 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 the perception in terms of the future, it reminds you of so much of African culture in terms of, in terms of its willingness you know, to engage the group as opposed to the individual. And so I think any kind of meaningful change in society has to be where you, where it, all, any change that takes place has to encompass the group and not a single individual. So we encourage people to go to Cuba to see for themselves firsthand, you know, the great work Cuba is doing, why it's so important philosophically, and actually to engage in discourse with people in Cuba to talk to them about any misconceptions that you may have. We understand that in America, people are often uh, propagandized to believe things that are not true, and we understand why that is so. But by have, going to Cuba gives people an opportunity to actually talk about any misunderstandings they may have as a result of you know propaganda that exists in American society. So we encourage people to go to Cuba, see for themselves firsthand, ask the big questions, and then and, and hopefully you know bring a lot of what you learn in Cuba and bring it back to the United States to empower your communities. All right, to all our participants tonight, Brother Anthony, Jabari, Haki, and Sister Becky, we'd like to thank you for your contribution to the special program uh, titled Remembering Mother Africa with Culture and Unity. We must remind you that whenever there is unity, all things are possible. Let's unite as one people with one goal, one destiny, and one objective, and that objective is Pan-Africanism, which is the total liberation and unification of Africa and all scientific socialist system. Once that goal is achieved, as Brother Kwame Nkrumah stated, all Africans will be free. So on that note, we look forward to seeing you next Sunday on our regular program at 7 p.m. from 7 to 9 p.m., same time, same station. And let's remember Mother Africa and come to her aid, and let's fight for our total liberation. You've been listening Brother Africa on Africa on the Moon, and we're going to we're going to share with you some revolutionary music right now, starting off with Mother Africa. We'll see you on Sunday. Support the programs.
know one black man who went to a good, essentially white high school in the city of New York. That's you right. obviously had had a good education. That's a good many of the people who work with you here in SNCC can say the same thing. And we're saying that... And you're a black man who came from a New York ghetto. And we're saying that there's a system that allows for one or two black people to get out. And that that's the rationale for keeping other black people down. And it has nothing to do with the unwillingness or inability of the Negro to help himself and to work hard. That's the rationale, that the reason why black people aren't this is because they're lazy, unambitious, stupid, have rhythm, and they eat watermelon. You call on the black man to refuse to respond to his draft call. That is correct. And we will continue to do so while there's breath in our bodies. Do you really believe that the military policies of the United States are designed to exterminate the black man, as you've said? I most certainly do. I look at the recent statement by Racist McNamara, who says that 30% of the people that are going to be drafted now under his new system are going to be black people. And that's nothing more than black urban removal. The white liberal who supported civil rights for so long with time and effort and money, what is your feeling about him? Well, I think that there's no reason why they should stop supporting the movement now. I certainly feel that if they're genuinely interested in black people, and since black people have charted a course, they believe in that program, they will continue to give to it. They need more white people to civilize whites. They need them to civilize the savages in Cicero who throw rocks and bricks at a peaceful and lovable black man like Dr. Martin Luther King, who would not even hurt a fly. But that's very important, because our uncles and our fathers and our older brothers died in World War I fighting Nazism to protect the Poles, and those same Poles turn around and throw rocks and bricks at us after we died to save their lives. And people talk about we are savages. Mr. Carmichael, if you had the chance to stand up in front of the white community and say anything you desired, say to them, understand me, white man, what would you say? I would say, understand yourself, white man, that the white man's burden should not have been preached in Africa, but it should have been preached among you that you need now to civilize yourself. You have moved to destroy and disrupt. You have taken people away. You have broken down their systems and you have called all that civilization. And we who have suffered at this are now saying to you, you are the killers of the dreams. You are the savages. Yes, it is you who have always been un civilized. Civilize yourself. Michael, eles não ligam pra gente.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.